I'm Pat Hyben, and over the past 25 years, I've sold over 7,000 homes, selling over a billion dollars in volume. In 2010, I sold my teen business to my top agent and went on book tour promoting my book, Six Steps to Seven Figures, a real estate professional's guide to building wealth and creating your destiny. That book went on to become a New York Times bestseller. Now I live off the passive income streams from the real estate I bought with commissions I earned as a full-time agent. And I am committed to giving back to the real estate industry as so many mentors of mine have given back to me. On this show, we'll interview the world's best agents, brokers, coaches, and investors to help you make more commissions and create the life you deserve. Hey, Rockstar Nation, this is Pat Hyben. Welcome to Pat Hyben Interviews Real Estate Rockstars. I have Mr. Jay Niblick on the phone coming to us from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Jay is with Wise Hire. It's W-I-Z-E Hire, H-I-R-E. And this is why I have Jay on the show today. You know, a lot of people that come on the show talk about the DISC. They talk about this person that they hired and their personality type. They talk about this client that they're dealing with and they're struggling because of this personality type. We recently put out the CTA program, the Certified Team Agent Program with Jeff Cohn. And on all of the the employees in Jeff's office that were interviewed, right underneath their name, it said their DISC profile. And, they, and we've gotten some questions about that on the discussion board at uh, Rebus University. So I wanted to find an expert. I wanted to find somebody who really knew this stuff better than anybody else I could find and that could talk in real estate agent terms, real estate agent team terms. And Jay is that guy. He hyper-focuses on the real estate salesperson industry, and he hyper-focuses on the DISC. As a matter of fact, he built the one that a lot of you guys use with Anthony Robbins' companies because he gives it out for free, and it's real easy. Jay was the one that built that for Tony. So uh, I'm excited to have him here today. And without further ado, Jay, welcome to Pat Hyben Interviews Real Estate Rockstars. Hey, Pat. Glad to be here. Thank you. Jay, well, other than what I've already said, why don't you give everybody a little rundown uh, so they can get to know you better? I'm a boring geek of a guy that just happens to love profiles and um, happen to come out of a sales background. So I'm a weird hybrid of both. And, um, you know, why are we talking about this stuff with me? Well, I think you already kind of touched on it. You know, I, I wrote the profiles, the disk index, the values index, co-founded Intermetrics about 18 years ago. And that's what we do. We, we create and use profiles globally, world over, probably 1,400 consultants in 36 countries using them with tens of thousands of organizations. And we specialize in one thing. We know what the profile is of performers in a variety of different roles. And Wise Hire is specifically dedicated to nothing but real estate roles. So when you say, I wrote the profiles, what does that mean? Dr. Uh, William Mouston Marston from Harvard created the theory on DISC, and we have a couple of profiles when we talk about hiring 
disc is a common term, but he created the disc theory, D-I-S-C, but not an instrument to actually take anything that you can click and order and get a report back, just a model and a theory, like creating geometry. So the words in the disc and the values profile are mine. The instrument's mine. We created the algorithms with a team of PhDs, checking it and programmers to build it. So if you read it in the report, I typed it. Um, so I, when I say I wrote it, I mean I literally wrote it. Wow. And so anybody that's using it now is essentially using your stuff. Yes, with a lot of help from a lot of people. I got you. Because it's not like it's not like a patented copywritten thing, right? No, all Marston created was actually a theory and some interpretations and things on how that would work, but building kind of like uh, uh, the engine, you know, the, the combustion engine. Uh, somebody invented, you know, um, I forget his name, Otto actually created, Otto actually created the, the combustion engine, but lots of people have taken that technology and recreated brand new engines. on it, and, and, and they don't have to pay him royalties. No, no, it's uh, this, the theory of disc in, is out there in the world and has been since 1928. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great, good stuff. And I know it's, uh, I know it's come a long way. Certainly, for years, I used to, you know, just give it to people and and map it out with a pencil, plus two, <laughs> minus four, plus seven, and uh, and do it right there while they waited in the other room during an interview. So anyway, so let's talk a little bit about uh, real estate agents and real estate sales and the DISC. And what I want to cover today is. First of all, I want to cover a team building with it because I think this is where it can be utilized. I want I want to say most. Let's just start with team building. Then I want to talk about uh, how to use it with your clients, buyers and or sellers. And uh, then I want to talk about how you can use it with yourself. How's that sound? I love it. So let's talk about teams. And uh, I have this idea. Why don't I just throw out the name of the... Well, do we need to dumb this down a little bit to begin with? I, I think we better. I think I don't want to go over everyone's head. At the same time, uh, if you're very familiar with the disc, I don't want to put you in too much downtime. So let's go briefly, Jay, through the DISC. Explain what a D is. Uh, real quick, disc as you're referring to it and the ones that you guys have all taken throughout uh, Anthony Robbins sites or anything like that is actually two parts. There's the disc. And then there's the motivators. It's a separate section created by another uh, team of scientists and theorists all the way back to 1926. So quickly put, we need to talk about DISC, but there's also some motivators that we'll throw in there as well. So DIS and C are the behavioral models created by Marston at Harvard, the guy that created the lie detector, guy that invented Wonder Woman character. Very, very interesting guy. And D is decisiveness. It's how quickly you prefer to make decisions. High Ds, very fast, very decisive, very dominant. And everything on these scales is the exact opposite. Low D, the exact opposite. Slow-paced decision-making, not dominant, not terribly decisive, very carefully metered decision-making. Yeah. In the animal kingdom, you're looking at a lion, king of the jungle, right? Just kill the food, eat it, and then go back to sleep, you know? In the, in the real world, you're looking at, uh, say, a Donald Trump. I don't have time to go to 11 inaugural balls. Screw this. We're doing three. That's it. 
No more time for pomp and circumstances. Take a four-hour parade, and I'll give you guys an hour I need to get to work. So you're going high D all the way on, on that, right? Yeah, uh, gut instincts. Uh, don't deliberate. Don't debate. The D stands for, in our cases, as we teach it, things you don't do. You know, you don't do those things. You don't deliberate, debate. You're not wishy-washy. Input in, decision out. You know, which way you want to go? Left. Why? Hell if I know. <laughs> that's my decision okay so um now we got the next is the i i is interactive it's the degree to which you prefer to interact it's known also as extroversion when it's very high and introversion when it's very low um and it brings its own traits with it you know the higher the i the more sociable gregarious effusive emotional you tend to be and expressive and the opposite is true for the lower the eye quiet shy uh, introverted, not expressive. Yep. And animal kingdom, you're looking at an otter guys. You're looking at an otter, someone who likes to play. Um, and in the gregarious realm, you know, high profile person might be the, might be a Bill Clinton comes to mind, you know, potentially Hillary Clinton. I think she was less of an eye than Bill, but certainly people like the Clintons, very social, fun, loving, interactive type of people. Okay. What is the S? S is stability or stabilizing. So the higher it is, it's a little backwards, the more stability the individual prefers. It's pace. It's problems for D, people for I, pace for S. High S's, they prefer a stable pace. Slow, steadiness is another word that goes along with it. The opposite, lower S's, a fast pace. They don't like stability. They love chaos. They like to move quickly. Um, they are independent, but oftentimes the higher the D goes, the lower the S goes. So you're somebody who prefers a very unstable, chaotic environment because that's where they can make quick decisions and it doesn't muck anybody else up. Right. Absolutely. And, and again, they going back to the animal kingdom, you're looking at a golden retriever, someone who's always happy to see, even if you kick them, no matter what, extremely loyal people, maybe in the celebrity world, maybe like an Oprah Winfrey, long, uh, very loyal, very steady stable. personality, stable. Steady. Yes, yes. Okay. And lastly, the C. C is the conscientiousness, and it's basically um, conscientiousness to details. So the higher the C the more detail-oriented, the more accurate, factual, specific, pedantic, when it can get up into the 100 range, you know, just analysis, paralysis. And the lower the C is the exact opposite like the others. They don't prefer a lot of detail. Behavior. These are the behavioral styles. So when you act out what decisions and motives you have, you do them in these ways. And people with low Cs, they don't like to act out with lots of details. They prefer 30,000 feet. 10,000 feet is getting kind of close. Don't take me any lower, please. I don't want to talk about minutia, which is a word a high C wouldn't even consider should exist. Right, right. Yes, yes, absolutely. And Animal Kingdom, again, you got the busy beaver. If you study beavers, I mean, basically what they do is they sleep all day and they go out in the middle of the night and they find one tree and they sit there and peck at that one tree all night while you're asleep until it falls down. That, you know, in the celebrity world, I mean, you're looking at like a Mark Zuckerberg or someone that could sit there and code for 14 hours straight and forget that they haven't eaten three meals and haven't talked to a single person. The busy beaver, someone who just pecks away at things and doesn't need necessarily to be social or be out there, prefers to be introverted. 
Okay, so let's get into team building. Let's. Uh, how about if I just throw out like some team members' names, uh, like uh, their job description, and you tell me where they fit in? Yeah, absolutely. I think the preface to that is that's the beauty of teams. What we're about to discuss as you guys listen through, imagine every personality we, we're about to describe. And without a team, it's you. You got to do all of these. You got to be all of these different types, which is why teams are so tremendously more effective than any individual trying to get everything done. Yeah, that well, that leads to an, an interesting question that may be controversial. You know, what sort of personality do you think makes the best entrepreneur type person that has the ability to create a team around them? That's a great question, actually. Um, Let's answer that in, in two different ways. There are DCs, which we see tend to be very good entrepreneurial leaders. They tend to be more of an operations manager. They can be good salespeople. The high eye does help with a hunter-gatherer sales a lot. But people that start up a business, we actually see in a lot of franchises, DCs. They'll hire out people that are much better with the social functions and things like that. And then DIs probably would run a close tie for the typical people we see being entrepreneurs. And they can be very successful. I see successful SC entrepreneurs, to be honest with you. The thing, the trend that we've seen, we did a study on this, a seven-year study that looked at 197,000 people. The key was they understood what they sucked at, and they made sure to build people around them that would fill in those gaps. Um, in our world, mega agents, the typical team leader is somebody who's a DI because he or she is killing it in sales. They're great hunter-gatherers. And they're generating enough revenue and business that they can support bringing other people on to handle the things that aren't necessarily as revenue generating specific, more operations and support and service. Yeah, I think that you're going to find more DIs certainly than DCs. DCs are a very rare breed, but if you can find one, they're probably a great person to add on to, you know, either as a partner or a, and I'm thinking for my, my own self, cause I'm a DI, but anyways, they're harder to find certainly. And, uh, so you'll probably find more DIs in that role, in that entrepreneurial role. Uh, but you're saying, even if you're an SC, don't, don't quit. Don't say, you know what? I'm not cut out for this. I need to get a, a job coding. You're saying you still can be a successful entrepreneur as an SC. If you have teams around you that's built out, no entrepreneur who's a DI has been a successful DI entrepreneur all by themselves for very long. It's a scale issue. You know, eventually their inability to keep organized and keep up with details and handle the um, fulfillment of all the business they get gets them in the end. You know, they end up growing to a point where they have to bring on an administrative assistant or something. You're just flipping it around. It's not as common, like you said, but if you're an SC, yes, you can be a successful entrepreneur, but you have to outsource the things you're not. So instead, you're the owner who hires the C, the sales mega agent. You, know, you hire the sales killer and crusher. Uh, the DCs that do exist, and I can think of quite a few, actually more than a handful in our own customer base right now, they come at it as an actual investor in a business. They might hire out people who are primarily selling, but they tend to be more of an operations manager entrepreneur. Yeah. But. Yeah. They, they understand the whole organization. They understand numbers and organizations and tasks and things like that. But 
they get things done. You give them a task and it, it, you know, they give them a project and it's, it's getting done. No pattern has, is without its weaknesses. And, and I can sit here and guarantee you statistically and, and from just experience, everybody that we have, that's a, a name brand that anybody listening to this would recognize in this industry, they've reached the height they have. They haven't reached the height they have alone. Hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So getting back to exact teams, real estate teams, I'm hire, let's say I want to hire a buyer agent to work with buyers. What do I want? Data's shown us there's two types and it's based on how you run your operation. There's the help and the hunter, both buyer's agents. Hmm. The hunter buyer's agent, both buyer's agent roles have a slightly lower D with a higher INS predominantly. Um, but the hunter is the person who's working at an agency where 80 plus percent of their business needs to be gotten by them. Now I'll give you leads. There's commissions in Boomtown, but you're hunting it. You're really chasing it down and killing it. I'll just kind of point laser on some things and you can go get it yourself. Uh, so that's D comes up higher and I is very high. Um, and then S is a little bit lower and C is usually the lowest. So they still suffer with some of the issues with the detail and organization. The helper is, this was surprising to find out. There's a helper buyer's agent profile. That's the team that has an ISA or more. The leads are coming in. They're qualified. The suspects have become prospects, have become qualified, and basically they're just scheduling appointments for a buyer's agent to go sit down with them and say, let's, you know, let's look at houses. Yeah. And it's very little selling. It's the opposite. 80% of their stuff or more is pre-sold and pre-canned. They're really just saying, I'm going to service this person. They're much more the SC, still a pretty good I, but the S and the C come up a lot because they're, they got to be patient and stable and they don't want to throw up when the guy says, can you show us our 53rd house? <laughs> They're a glorified lockbox key. That's kind of mean, but they're 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 basically able to show uh, houses, meet people. They're presentable. They're organized. They're put together. But the inside sales agent, the ISA, is doing all this the dirty work. I don't want to say dirty. They're doing all the hard work, you know. Yeah, yeah. So we're seeing that. So depending on how you run your operation, if you've got a great ISA chain and these leads are basically landing on the buyer's agent's laps, then you know that buy that helper buyer's agent, which we see probably more people coming in as a buyer buyer's agent with that personality profile. It's amazing how people get into this. And I've heard so many people go, "What? This is a sales job? I thought I would just put the networking <laughs> out with my family and church friends, and I'd be fat in leads with people yeah. asking." and sell their house it's difficult because you know the sc never wants to you know do the hour of power or, or, or you know what i mean they never you know so if they could find someone to do that for them such as the isa they love their job you know because they love people yep more patient not as aggressive you know, their sense of urgency is lower which again listing agent one customer one house in, out, get it done, some tough negotiations, sometimes finished. Buyer's agents, 10, 15, 20, 40 houses. Which one of these? Which one of those? What about mm. something with pink? Oh, I don't like pink. You know, it takes a whole lot more patience. We wrote a book up on the site on wisehire.com called Hidden, H-I-D-D-E-N. We looked at the job of a realtor, just a standalone, no team. There's about 204 tasks from womb to tomb. 
68% of those tasks ideally are going to be done by an SC. You know, the mm-hmm. filings, the paperwork, the making sure that things are scheduled, the, uh, you know, the mortgage documents, the closings. If you're all alone by yourself, six, so that's where we see this is so interesting is the DIs that come in as the hunter listing agents do a great job of bringing in clients. Their downside is now they got to handle that client if they're a solo agent. Yeah. And they got to do all 68% of what they're going to do with John Doe, who's now going to buy their house. Keep it together. Doing. They're not, they shouldn't be doing and they don't enjoy and doing. And they're like, I got a sale. Oh, crap. I got a sale. Yeah. Right. So buyer agents, the hunter, we're looking at an IS with a middle D. And then the, the, what do you call it? The get, not the hunter, but the um, helper buyer. Helper agent. buyer. And you're looking at an SC ideally. Yeah, with a pretty good eye still. With some eye, yeah, middle middle eye, let's say. And so the what, a, what there is how do you run your shop? And then know? the listing agent, you're saying DI. It's DI. It is a hunter. It's super high DI with you know anywhere below the line to nothing SC. They go in, they get it done, uh, they close it. They need to be pretty aggressive. We haven't talked about motives, but all of these roles are driven by what's called a high economic drive. It's an ROI drive. It's um, I want to know that the more I do, the more I get. And the worst thing you can tell that individual is no matter how well you perform, you're going to make $35,000 a year because that's your salary. Mm. And we'll raise you 1.5% next year. <laughs> okay. And then that the, the transaction quarter, any transaction quarter, doesn't matter whether they're a listing coordinator, seller coordinator, whatever. You're going what? C, then S. CS. Um, okay. Yeah. And in... S and C can be equal to each other, but transaction coordinators are a little different than administrative assistants. Anything with a coordinator role on it sees the dominant. S normally comes up pretty high as well because they're okay with the minutia, the repetition, the doing the same, you know, staring at a box of papers for eight hours. They love that. They're just like an accountant in very much. When an accountant gets zero and balances, that's their nirvana. You know, When all the I's are dotted and all the T's are crossed, they go, oh, yeah. they love it. Yeah. Uh, I doesn't necessarily factor in very much. It's okay to have it in that mid to low range so they can at least still be sociable because they are on a team. And uh, you don't want the D to get too low. Ds below 10 sometimes can be paralyzed where if the situation comes up where they need to make a decision on a new item, yeah, they need to at least have some decisiveness. So, you know, a 20, 25 D is probably ideal there. Wow. Okay. And then a first impressions type person, like a, a receptionist or someone's going to answer your phone. Who do we want there? IS. Clearly IS. That makes sense because they they love it. Any and all customers, they love them all. And then uh, what about a runner? What about a courier, a sign runner? And real quick, too much of a good thing is never great as well. Sometimes you get above 90 in some of these realms. Uh, a 98i on a receptionist can be a problem. High in first place is probably the most important thing, and in that 70 to 90 range, 98i's sometimes they talk too much. Yeah. 98s's you want stability, not concrete, not paralysis. 99c's right. too pedantic. Like, okay, I forgot <laughs> the comma in the email I sent asking you, and you emailed back not doing it until I fixed the comma. You know, it's ridiculous. <laughs> Same with these. You know, these can be too much as well. Yeah, runners, I mean, runners are, tend to typically be a lot of more of an S and a C, but it's, it can be a lot lower. They can be a little mid-range where everything's kind of across the board. Yeah, 
and they're not bothered by being on the road all the time. Okay, what about? Let's see, who did we miss? What um, what am I missing here? What what the ISA? What did we did we say that? No, as I was going to say, the the ISAs tend to look a little more like, and as a as a career path, ISAs are probably closer to a listing agent than a buyer's agent. They're a hybrid. They're in between. They need a bigger D and an I, um, but you, they also have to have a pretty good S component because a listing agent would go crazy if they had to dial for dollars 100 times a day, sitting in a booth and taking contacts or calls. So the D tends to come down, but not too much. It's still above the line. So let's say in that 60 range, I's back up into the 70 to 80 range, but S is also close to 50 to 60 as well. Um, you can't have everything. So what we normally see is the best ISAs have to sacrifice something. You, know, you can't have a, a 75 for DISNC. You can have a 50, but those tend to tend to be pretty. Yeah. So if they have out. a 75, it pretty much means they're cheating or, or something's wrong, right? They're not. Yeah, they're four. Not. Yeah. All four above the line, you really can't trust the profile. <laughs> above 60. If all four are above 60, somebody's pulling something on so, you. Yeah, that's that's not them. Have you ever lost a listing? Have you ever just kind of gotten kicked in the stomach because you felt sure that you got a listing and uh, the rapport was incredible and then they call and tell you they listed with somebody else or even worse, they send you an email and tell you they've chosen someone else. It hurts, man. I know it's happened to me tons of times and I hated it. And um, so because of that, I created a product called a certified listing agent. I got the eight top listing agents in the world and recorded their listing appointments. Everything, no holds barred, no secrets here, everything. And then after each listing appointment, we uh, discussed it and uh, created a course out of it. It's uh, over 10 hours of intense uh, video and it's for you to watch and never lose a listing again. Check it out. There's a lot of free samples. You can go in and see kind of what it's like before you uh, sign up for it. Uh, RebusUniversity.com. We also got the, the uh, highly popular CTA, Certified Team Agent with Jeff Cohn. And that is how to build a massive team. How Jeff went from 80 to 580 units in four years. And uh, what he does behind the scenes. What forms he uses. How his systems are run. Everything on the CTA, Certified Team Agent. And many things to come. If, you, if you're interested, go to uh, rebusuniversity.com. Put yourself on the mailing list there. Uh, we have a price reduction course. We have a 101 ways to get uh, real estate leads for free. We have an ISA course coming out. Uh, a lead handling course. Not, not how to lead generate. There's, there's a ton of courses that other people do on that, but this is how to efficiently capture leads and work with them. So uh, they have a couple of courses coming out on that aspect. So anyways, RebusUniversity.com. Check it out, guys. You'll be glad you did. Now on uh, with the show. Okay. All right. Let's talk a little bit about uh, how to deal with clients, uh, how to utilize this. And uh, so people listening could, you know, get more listings and uh, get more sales because they have this 
close to instant rapport from people that they meet. So what, what would you say a question or a couple of questions are that they could ask someone when they first meet them to help determine where they fall, D-I-S-C? Uh, well, it's a very complicated set, to be honest with you, and I can give a few examples. What we'll do and we've got here is an interview guide, if you will, for customers, and that'll be available here as you're listening already. Um, just writing up some behavioral uh, tasking techniques. And so it's a task of going in and saying, how did they approach me? And it's an A-B scenario. And so in this guide, you'll see uh, they, they walked in quietly and, and calmly waiting for me to make the first move versus very assertive and aggressive, A or B. You know, handshakes, super strong, they were the first arm out, hurt, or quiet and timid and, and kind of soft. There's a whole list of things there that within five minutes of interacting with somebody, including even on telephone calls, you should be able to pretty quickly determine the, the, the dominant style. Is it first a DI or an SC? Because those two float out that way on their own. D's and I's are associated and the S and C's are associated. You turn that sideways, some more of the questions you can watch and say, well, they're more of an IS or a DC. Uh, like, you know, is it all about people and do they want to get to know me or is it straight to the facts? Boom, boom, boom. Well, that's a D or a C. Um, social people asking, hey, how are you? How long have you been doing this? That's an IS. So the key is if I can quickly, again, within like five minutes of interaction, sometimes even less, I can probably get about 60 to 70% of an accurate opinion on what's the overall personality of this individual. And then it gives you steps and techniques on how to make sure to talk to that person. Because our biggest problem is I go with what I know. If I'm a DI, I'm not going to go into a ton of detail because it annoys me, and I just assume everybody gets annoyed by it. But it doesn't matter what I am when I'm in sales. I need to go where you are. Yes. And so if I got a good feeling that this person's a C, I got to override and put my, you know, take some Dramamine so I don't get nauseous and go into extensive detail. If I'm pretty sure they're an S, I'm not going to make it's called the three touch sale in my world. A high S, first I got to even broach the topic. Then let them set with it a while, as a woman in Georgia once said to me, become familiar with it. You know, they're not fast movers. They're not early adopters. i got to probably talk to them three different times before I can get them to make a sale. If I know I'm talking to a high D, boom, high level, 30,000 feet. What do you want to do? What do you want to sell the house for? Here's the contract. Let's go get some coffee. Yeah. I can go to them that way if I have a feeling for who they are. Yeah, and, and at the end of the day, too, you know, it doesn't have to be a secret that you're kind of disking them verbally, you know. Yeah, I've certainly asked people up front, I, you know, given that analogy, I said, you know, of all the animals out there, if you had to be, you know, if you think you're more like a lion, an otter, a golden retriever, or, or a busy beaver, who, which one do you think you are? And give them maybe some little detail on each one, and, and they can pretty much pick out who they are. And, you know, eight out of ten times, it's dead on. At least some sort of notion of, of where they're going. Now, I had a couple agents on the show recently that have said they've, they've actually gone to the Internet before they meet with somebody or even while those, those people are on the phone with them to try to determine the DISC, meaning go to their Facebook and try to determine DISC. What are some tips there on how you can determine to the best without having to take the test a DISC off of someone's Facebook page? Um, I'll be honest with you. I'm not a fan of it. I don't believe that there's a whole lot of validity to it. And I've seen salespeople get screwed up doing it. Now, prospect intelligence as a sales professional, it's key. 
I learned that at Johnson & Johnson, and, and I think it's absolutely vital because I start to know more about them. But looking at pictures and what somebody happens to have posted is a really, really risky proposition in my experience. What works is being aware of what DIS and CR, and within minutes, being able to just judge. DISC is behavior, it's observable. Unlike other aspects of the personality, I see it. And when you know that you've got either an A or B, somebody's going to be very confident and upright and walk in the door and shake your hand. On a call, are they going to wait for you to finish timidly and quietly, not to you know alienate any one profile type, or are they interrupting and saying, yeah, okay, so here's the thing. What are we going to do? What's the pace with which they're moving? Is it very slow? Is it very fast? Less than a few minutes. And you can look at that individual and say, well, I guarantee you they're not an S and a C. If that's all you've <laughs> yeah. got, was there a DI? Yeah. You didn't, which one of them it was, you don't need to know how much of them they are. You just know left side DI, right side SC. Mm. Immediately, you could probably increase with 70 to 80% your resonance with that individual because you know you got to speed up or slow down, let them take control, let them talk. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that... You know, as a listing agent, it's um, it's a lot easier because you're actually looking at their house, and there's so many clues, you know, in the house. If there's if there's tons of family photos, you know, you know you have an S on your hands. If there's tons of photos of them with other people, you know, this famous person or, you know, this politician or, or things like that, then, you know, you've got an eye on your hands. You know, if their closet is organized by color of t-shirt and color of or, or type of shoe or whatever, you know, you, know, you could kind of tell a C based on their closet, or if it's, it's a freaking mess, uh, then you know that they're a low C. Um, so there's a lot of clues being left around a house, but when they come to your office or you meet them at a house, it's a little more difficult. Yeah. I agree with you as far as, you know, compared to what you were saying, it is more difficult, but it still can be surprisingly effective. You know that you, you can profile people when you talk to them, yeah, I can get a sense just talking to somebody here on a, on a, a voice-only call. Um, it really doesn't that difficult. It just requires that you practice it a little bit. But everybody here listening can easily read that guide and figure out in a few minutes, you know what? I can tell they're a D and an I or an S and a C. They're disorganized. They don't care about details. There's just like you said, it's like in poker. There's tells. Yeah, I mean, it, you, it, you become a bit of a master at it when you think about it, all, you know, with everybody that you meet. And that's incredibly powerful because what behaviors do is also dictate how I prefer to communicate and conversely how I prefer to be communicated with. And I have watched people kill a sale treating a high DI like a high SC. Let me show you, Mr. Smith, the prospectus here. And here's a 50-page pitch book. Let me set this up on the kitchen table and flip through it. You know, and their eyes are rolling back in their head, getting pissed off and alienated. Yeah. And vice versa. Don't worry about the details. Mr. Jones will take care of all that stuff later. Let's just get this damn thing listed. And that C is going, dude, you're careless and callous and don't give the details that I want. I'm sure as heck not going to let you yeah. take care of my house. Right. 
and they wonder what happened. Like, how did I close that? I thought I was great. <laughs> yeah, I, no, it's 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 a one hundred percent necessary, one hundred percent necessary. And and part of my uh, certified listing agent course, uh, a lot of the list, I had eight agents do their listing presentations on film, and a lot of them are disking the clients on the phone before they even get there. They're, you know, feeling them out uh, before they even get there so they know how to act once they get there. Certainly, if you, get, if, you, if you can tell on the phone by the detail someone is giving you about their house and they're talking things like square footage, right, and their mortgage amount is, is 287,149 as of last payment, <laughs> you do not want to be late you want to be exact on time. You want to be standing on this front stoop one minute before and don't ring the doorbell till the exact time. And then hopefully they'll answer it on the exact time because you're dealing with a super high C. So, As opposed to the guy that says, I don't know, it's like 475 or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's 4 o'clock-ish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll be there. Yeah. All right, cool. So now that, let's wrap this up with, with, with a little bit of insight of how these agents and, and investors and people listening to the show here can utilize the DISC to make themselves better people. What advice do you have for that? I referenced the, the study we did. We looked for seven years at 197,000 individuals in about 23 countries. We had performance data on them all. So how well they performed at work based on work, not themselves. The only two things that correlated with best performers, and I mean there were five levels of performance, so it wasn't like good, bad. It was the fifth level, really, really kick butt, best people out there in the company. The only two things that correlated with that across everything was self-awareness and authenticity. And what that defines as is they knew their strengths and weaknesses better than 90 percentile out there. The average person on the street, stop them real quick, say, quick, five things you're great at and five things you suck at. They start thinking. <laughs> uh, uh, not these people. The people that were uh, consistently in that top performing group and the people that are listening, I'll bet those of you that are crushing it out there probably can do the same thing. The top performers, you ask them, I swear to God, it's like they had a laminated card in their wallet. In front was five bullets of stuff they're awesome at. Back was five <laughs> of things they, suck. they always went, boop, 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 boop. What do you stink at? Oh, bop, 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 bop. So that self-awareness is incredibly heightened in the better performers across any industry, not just real estate, but we see it here as well. That's important for the second factor, the authenticity. They don't just say, oh, I'm great at this, and then just kind of ignore it. They take what they're great at and make sure that more of their stuff they do every day depends on that. They leverage it. It's like fuel in a tank or batteries powered. They make sure that they leverage their strengths as they go through and say, what's my job? I'm crafting my duties here. I'm an entrepreneur. Hell, I'm going to make up my own job description. They guarantee that they completely utilize all of their strengths. Otherwise, it's like having a bench strength. It's a great you know, team member that you don't ever put out on the field. And conversely, they know really, really well what they suck at. And they make, instead of fixing it, there's the big difference. The, the lower performers all focused on how do I fix what I suck at. It was incredible. All the top performers said, I suck at this, but that's cool. I don't need to do it to be successful. Yeah, such a waste of time, right? 
Yeah, they go, that's the way I am. I'm always going to have a list of things I suck at. Instead of trying to fix it, why don't I just make sure I don't have to use it? So they maximize their strengths, and instead of fixing their weaknesses, oh, I suck at detail. I need to be a little bit more organized. Screw that. I'm never going to be organized. How do I not have to be organized to be successful? If I still need it in my business, I'll get somebody who's massively organized to do it for me. Yeah, amazing. Great advice for everybody. I mean, no matter what age, too. You know, don't send your kids to violin lessons if they love soccer. You know what I mean? Uh, if they, but if they're brilliant at music, you know, don't send them to soccer practice. Get them twice as many music lessons. I mean, uh, we need to go where our genius lies and away from where our, you know, whatever you want to call it, slouch exists. Um uh, I love everything you've said, Jay. I'm going to put all this information, guys, that we talked about today. Jay's uh, going to uh, forward me a really cool uh, sheet. And what is it, what is this going to say, this sheet you're going to give me? It's the, the uh, client profiling guide. And that's just going to be where, we, you know, again, the instructions on here's things to look for. When you're meeting or talking with an individual, how can you tell what their dominant behavioral style is? And then once you know that, what do you do with it? Here's how you push them. Here's how you sell to them. Here's how you support to them. Here's how you interact with them, D, I, S, or C. So it's identifying it and then a bunch of tips on how do I use that information in, in, in an effective way. It's funny you said the uh, genius because when it comes to that self-development stuff, the name of the book that we wrote based on that study is actually called What's Your Genius? Mm. It's ironic that you said that because I'm pretty certain you didn't know that. No, I didn't. I never, No, I didn't. Yes. Yeah, so well. That's great. So, guys, this is something you can print out, stick on, stick in front of you at, at your desk, you know, carry it around with you, whatever you need to do. So you're you're thinking about this stuff, and I guarantee you will make you more money becoming a master at this. Trust me, I, I know from experience. And uh, once again, Jay, thanks so much, guys. Go to hybendigital.com backslash wise, but it's spelled with a Z. W I Z e hire hybendigital.com backslash wise hire all of jay's contact information will be there as well as this free gift that he's offering that uh, everyone wants to get a copy of for sure jay thanks so much for coming on i really appreciate you taking time out of your busy day and next time i am in philly we'll get together and break some bread my brother that's it beers on me Thank you for listening to Real Estate Rockstars. Please be sure to leave us a five-star review wherever you're listening. All five-star reviews help us get better and better guests for your listening pleasure. And if you have a great review, I'll read it on the show. We are so proud of this show now with over a million downloads in 79 countries around the world. Also... Don't forget to buy my book if you haven't already. Six Steps to Seven Figures, a real estate agent's guide to building wealth and creating your destiny. With an intro by Gary Keller. Sold everywhere online books are sold. You can always go to padhyben.com and find out about all things Pat Hyben. And don't forget to follow me on social media. All you got to do is type in my name. I'm everywhere and easy to find. I hope to meet face-to-face someday, but in the meantime, let's meet on social media. Thanks again for listening, and keep rocking.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.